Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we have a, a quite a load today, and we're going to start off with uh, one of the success stories in the central area of Seattle, probably in the state of Washington. Uh, and that is uh, uh, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, which is the official name is the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. It was all made possible by State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos's bill, House Bill 1918, that passed the House and the Senate unanimously. And uh, now we have an organization that's flourishing. Uh, one of the young folks that was been around for a long time, he's not as young as he looks, uh, Gerald Bradford is the president of the board of directors of the CPCDA, the McKinney Center. And so I would like to start with the person that made it possible, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, if she could just do a little reflecting on the whole process. Go right ahead, Representative Santos. Well, thank you so very much, uh, Eddie, for having me on the program again. And uh, I want to offer at the outset uh, my congratulations to uh, President Gerald Bradford uh, of the McKinney Center Board, as well as your new executive uh, director, Sade Moore. Both President Bradford and uh, Sade have been with me on this journey, as have you, Eddie, since the very beginning. Um, and I'm so very grateful. And I know that you probably are as filled with the sense of pride and emotion that I am about what's happening this uh, upcoming weekend. Uh, but before I do that, one last thank you. I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge with extreme gratitude the leadership vision and efforts uh, of uh, Dr. Rayburn Lewis, who is the immediate past president, um, who made sure that we got uh, uh, this organization to this point, uh, an organization that was created to protect and preserve and promote the culture and history of the diverse central district, focusing in especially on uh, the building formerly known as uh, Seattle Vocational Institute, currently the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, and its important history in Seattle's African-American history and our community's history about lifting the economic opportunities for those who for generations um, and centuries have been um, uh, alienated and uh, barred from sharing in co-prosperity of this amazing region. So uh, you asked me to reflect a little bit. Um, I will just say uh, that um, with uh, displacement and gentrification, I think it's fair uh, for me as both a child of the 37th Legislative District, uh, who learned at the knees of my elders, uh, who came from many communities of color, um, that uh, what we have seen in the way of displacement and gentrification uh, in Seattle as a whole uh, is not just about pushing out people of color. It's about whitewashing the history and the places of Seattle. And that's why 
the CDCPDA, the McKinney Center, its board and its staff are so important. Um, the vision is to be able to create a state agency that helps this community hold on to its past, remember its stories, and frankly, to share its stories with the rest of Seattle, King County, and Washington State, because indeed the entire state has benefited from this community being part of our history. Um, I think a very first step in that is the occasion of this weekend. And I don't want to take the thunder away from President Bradford. So I'll uh, let him talk about what's going to be happening this weekend. But just know uh, I am very appreciative, uh, so deeply grateful um, I know that President Bradford uh, has roots in the building before it became the McKinney Center. That's one of the reasons I think he has been an extraordinary member of the C CDCPDA board. And I look forward uh, to having him not only taking the reins from Dr. Lewis, but bringing us to the next level uh, of envisioning for the Central District as well as for the McKinney Center. And before we go to, to uh, President Bradford, I want to say thank God for the late Reverend Samuel B. McKinney, who brought SOIC to Seattle, that also spawned to Yakima, whose OIC is still alive and well. So, President Gerald Bradford, uh, uh, why don't you uh, share with us a little bit about what you're doing, what shape the building's in, and I'm going to do another interview with you. It'll be more extensive, because I know you got a big event coming up this weekend asking people to come back who were involved with SOIC, SVI. As a matter of fact, Dr. A uh, Andrea Rye was uh, uh, over there running a, a program, a department or something for a while. She went for 30 days and ended up staying seven, eight months. But anyway, uh, President Bradford, go right ahead. Uh, good afternoon, um, um, community. And it, it, thank you for having us on, um, Eddie. Uh, and Sharon, thank you for all the work that you and your team have done, um, Adam Smith, um, and all the other representatives in the um, in our city. There's so many. We have so much support um, moving forward. So where we are at right now, Mr. Rye, to be honest with you, we are working feverishly on rehabbing our building. Currently, I'm working with Petro Green, who is our project management group, and they are. We are in the process of replacing our boiler and the air handlers on the unit um, on the roof in order for the building so we are able to be able to establish occupancy. There are a number of other um, projects that we are in the works with um, um, in order to doing our planning, um, on a retrofit for earthquake. Um, we're doing um, environmental assessments, making sure that we're testing to make sure that the building is um, asbestos-free, mold-free, in order for us to be able to accommodate community. Another one of our projects that we're working on right now is to be able to get our building ADA compliant. Um, so that, and what I mean by that is being able to retrofit our bathrooms and our stairwells so that there we are up to code in order for us to be able to establish res residence in our building. I do wanna talk about um, a partnership that we are working currently with, with the um, Filipino Community Center. Um, they are, they have a broadband technician program that works with um, justice uh, involved individuals. And these folks have come in and they are um, doing the uh, rewiring 
and our internet services, um, replacing old Cat5 with Cat6 cabling. And it has been so awesome to see the level of participation and want to give back by folks who have um, made poor choices in our community, but are getting an opportunity to be able to be an asset to the community. Um, I'm super proud of that particular project and that the individuals that are working on restoring our internet. Could you um, please uh, go to this weekend's event? Because we don't have very much time today. So and I just text Sade. I believe that we are supposed to be um, meeting to talk in community about um, our tenants, but I'm still trying to um, to get finalization with our CEO on that because as you both were talking about it, it was like, what what did I miss? No, so, one to four, they were asking people who were SVI, SOIC oh, to come oh, in and on, on Saturday. Representative Santos would be there, but she's leaving to go out of town earlier that morning, so she can't be there. So we got to make sure we get some recordings. I have about 500 emails from the original uh, the McKinney Coalition. Uh, Haywood Evans was a co-convener. And then later on, it was uh, formalized by Pastor Manaway, who actually made it a nonprofit organization. But I have shares, uh, pic, uh, pics of people pro, uh, down lobbying in Olympia. A number of the pastors went down. A number of community people went down. And I'll be sharing all those. But anyway, so that's going to be uh, uh, at the building this weekend. That's from one to four. Uh, and anybody that ever worked at SVI, SOIC, uh, received any training, taught there, or any had any of that kind of activity there, uh, they're asking those folks to come in and share those stories uh, on Saturday. So uh, I'll also... Uh, uh, your a PR lady has sent me something. I, I'm not a technological student up yet. Take take it off and put it on my Facebook page, but I will have it up by this afternoon because I have a person that takes care of that kind of business. So anyway, like I said, uh, President uh, Bradford, we'll go into more detailed interview at, at a later date. And Representative Santos, thank you for all your support. We really appreciate everything you did for our community uh, by regaining uh, this facility that was brought here specifically uh, to uplift the black community with uh, meaningful trades so that they could uh, live a middle-class life and buy a house in the CD. Now you'd have to own a tech company to buy a house in the CD. So anyway, but anyway, thank you, President Bradford and Representative Santos. Thank both of you very much. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> thank right. you, President. Okay. Uh, my next guest uh, is uh, the first vice president of the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP. I see him. I don't see the president of yet. Uh, he just he just popped up in front of his picture, and that's the one and only Reverend Minister Nate Miles, the first vice president of the Seattle King County Branch of the NAACP. But you have to get off mute. There you go. How you doing, you Eddie? Go. I hear you. Go right ahead, sir. Oh, no, it's good to see you. Thank you for having us on. As soon as uh, the president arrives, um, I'm sure he's uh, on his way. Uh, because I spoke with him earlier. So thank you anyway for having us on. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, uh, to be here. Uh, we just re returned from the national conference and uh, it, that was held back in Boston. And um, it, it was just, I mean, it was just action packed. Um, 
to hear what's going on, especially at a time like this. Uh, this is no time. One of the things that we really were able to point out, there were some really amazing things. A couple of our AXO people, our young people won awards. Um, that was some of the good news. Uh, and the happy news is that a couple of our AXO winners are uh, academic and technological scientific Olympic uh, kids uh, won awards for some of the activity that they did uh, back there. And we want to thank um, Carol and Riley Payne and her people who have been at this for years and years uh, and coaching those young people and putting time in Georgia McVeigh, et cetera. Uh, and we came uh, away. T.L. Lewis is a director. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And uh, I was just going to say, and Monica, who's now done the handoff, uh, is just we didn't miss a beat. Uh, we got two winners uh, that came uh, back with some with some with some carrying some some uh, hardware, and we we're just really pleased with them. And it's just, I mean, it's just it was just great to see those young people do well. And that was the good news part of it. But it was also the good news that we've got another group of young people that's ready to pick up the mantle because we see with the Supreme Court doing some of the things that it's doing. It lets us know when you got people like Ron DeSantis and others making the moves that they're doing on black folks and trying to, as as we said earlier, trying to whitewash our history, take what we've done out of history books and rearrange it. We've got to be on the at the Citadel and making sure that none of this crap happens. And it's not going to be old timers like us out there doing it. It's going to be these young people. And I was so pleased, proud and privileged to be able to sit down with some of them and talk to them about what's going on. And trust me, these young people, some of them know what time it is. They are woke. They are on the job and they will be up to the task for what comes down the line. And believe me, there's stuff coming down the line. And I was so pleased to see them, our youth um, branches that are out there, our college branches that are out there, and they're ready for some of the stuff that is coming down. And so it was a good meeting. It was a good meeting. Some, as I George had, Bush uh, used to say, there was had all four, uh, the four uh, finalists on radio about a week before they went back. And oh, one okay. of the winners was, was F.A. Elaho, who is Angela T. Rise's godson. Mm, nicely done. Yeah, because she was also an award winner back in the day. Yes, she was. <laughs> yes, she was. Don't don't play with Angela T. Yes, she was. Very proud, very proud winner. But, it, you know, but the thing of it is, Eddie, is this is the, one of the things that is clear is these people have drawn a line in the sand. And if we don't push back across that line in the sand and just show that there is no pushback on us and that we're not falling back because they're not they, they are bold in what they're doing. And it's like I was telling somebody else the other day, if they want to take and say we're not going to be able to go to this school or that that school, I don't care. You know, we, we, if they can take over the nation's capital and destroy the nation's capital like they did, then if we're going to have to act the same way. If they say we can't go to Harvard, go to Harvard and sit in the chair. Make the police take you out of the, 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 the building. Make the police come there with the cameras rolling, either shoot you or you hold on to that desk like hell until hell freezes over. As what's the name? Say so you fight until hell freezes over and then you fight them on the ice because they clearly will do that to us. 
And if they will do that to us, then there is no reason in the world why we shouldn't do that. Those are our seats. We have worked hard to get those seats. We've been through everything, slavery, Jim Crow, uh, everything else, rape, everything else that we've been through. We deserve to be in those seats. We've prepared ourselves to be in those seats. You go to Harvard, you go to Princeton, you go to Yale, you go to wherever you grab you a seat and sit in it and make them take you out of that seat. Make them haul you away. Not only that, we have the fact that we have uh, uh, eight to 10 uh, black African-American football players on these uh, teams like the University of Washington. Uh, you know, they, all they talk about is what kind of recruits they have. And one of the things we got to start doing, too, is that the NC2A has got to start putting some money back in the black community through the forms of contracts with the University of Washington. All these institutions have these young black men playing basketball and football and no black students in the, in the stands. The same thing with the NFL and the NBA. There needs to be money coming back to the black community. I agree 100%. They have got to do more than what they've been doing. And uh, the advertisers is getting rich off of it. They got to step up to the plate, too. And those are young African-Americans who are making all the money for these white institutions. And it's time for some of those proceeds to come back to our community in the forms of contracts, jobs, and contributions, and investment. Uh, Not just no visit to the boys' club. But investments mm-hmm. in property, the investment in our businesses, because uh, they're making trillions of dollars off the backs of young black men, and none of that money is coming back to the black community. And the NC2A, uh, the NFL, and the NBA all need to be ashamed of themselves for having those black men out there. You're making all this money, and and are you show up at the boys and girls club, but you won't do anything meaningful in terms of finance? Did our, our President Powell give with us yet? I don't see him yet. I don't see him yet. Okay, but anyway. So uh, in terms of the priorities for the Seattle King County branch, uh, what, what what specifically do you see with the priorities that we have about uh, a few minutes left before Gabriel Prawl comes on? Our big things that we're looking at is we're increasing the membership that we have. Um, President Powell really has a, a focus on increasing the membership. We have a, a real uh, focus on um, making sure that uh, when it comes to uh, people who have complaints, that we get these complaints handled and that that we have somebody that goes in there and looks at it. Now, we can work with them, but once they go and file a lawsuit and that sort of stuff, the NAACP, we don't do the lawsuits and all of that, but we can go in and we can help them at the front end of their complaints that they have. And we can go in and we can do what uh, and we can do some things with them on that. So in addition to that, we can go in uh, and, and talk to when, when it comes to mitigation on, on some of these uh, cases that people have to find out what it what is at stake and what we can do. We can help them get their cases ready. And so that if they get ready to sue and that sort of thing, that they know that the NAACP is there um, with them and that is walking with them. We want to get much more um, out into the streets with the young, especially with the young people, because that's, in fact, where our, our our future lies. And so we want the young people to line up with us in what we're doing. We want to line up and be in, 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 in total step with what they're doing, because some of them have the right idea about what it's going to take. And again, like I said, our legs are starting to get old. Our feet are starting to get old. It's time that we get with them and 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 enhance what they're doing to coach what they're doing to mentor some of these young people to get them in in the place where these aren't kids these are young men and women 
who know exactly what they're doing. They're smart. They got technology. Utilize that technology. Utilize their brains. They've gone off to college. They've got uh, skills that we don't have. So let's put it to use. Let's get with them. Um, we're modern. We're modernizing the NAACP. We're getting our technology down so that we can reach people. You know, so many people have just come up to us and said, "I didn't know you guys were the new NAACP leadership." I want to get signed up. I want my card reinstated. I want my membership reinstated. We want people to reinstate because where there's numbers, if we got big numbers and we can get messages out and we can let people know what's going on, then we can let uh, then we can have power because there's strength in numbers. And if we, we get our to numbers get my up, technology lady to help me because I couldn't I couldn't uh, I couldn't uh, update my my membership online. I, I, but I have these challenges though, so I, I'll be the first to admit that. So. Uh, when get I get to Stephanie a little later, I'm going to have her get on the line and have her walk me through it. Right, I, don't worry. You're not sure, by yourself. Make sure the family, make sure the family are, are members. So, You're not uh, by yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with Daryl. If he gets on, we'll get him on. But okay. right now, I'll see uh, uh, Reverend Livingston is standing by. Well, I want to pull in a plug for the NAACP. Oh, I'm right and just and I'm going to just say just NAACP.org and 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 get signed up, you guys, uh, because the more the mer- the more the merrier, the, the bigger the better, the stronger we can be. We're stronger together, as as what's your name said on the movie. All of us as individual fingers, we can be broken off, but if you put them all together, Eddie, we can strike a mighty blow. So let's get together. It's only thirty five dollars for your for your annual fee. $35. You spend that on 10 cups of coffee a month. So put your $35 together, get your annual uh, membership paid, get in where you're doing some good, because I can guarantee you if something bad happens, if somebody tries to fire you on your job, somebody does something to your kid at school, the first person you're going to call is the NAACP. Make sure that we're not the only time you call us is when something bad happens. Call us before it happens. Call us okay, when we you got out in front. Uh, so, thank you, uh, Vice yeah. President. Uh, uh, Reverend Livingston, we have Gabriel Proud. He's calling in from uh, uh, from Reno. He is at the National A. Philip Randolph Institute uh, National Meeting. So, Gabe, can you hear us? He's muted still. Eric, is uh, Gabe, are you on? Yes, I am, Eddie. Okay, you there doing, he guys? is. Okay. Yeah, you're back in Reno, Nevada at uh, the National A. Philip Randolph Institute uh uh conference and uh as we all know uh asa philip randolph was one of the uh brains and leaders of the 1963 march on washington so i uh, want you just take a few minutes to tell us what's happening back in uh, uh back in uh, reno right now well um i one thing i can say people has been motivated um excited and 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 been getting prepared to go to work because we got we got a lot a lot of work to do uh Brother Eddie, um, you know, uh, A. Philip Randolph and Byron Rustin, who was his uh, strategic, strategic guy on the march on Washington, um, when they started this, it was the beginning. It means it's a start. It's still going on, and we still got to continue to fight and the work to get where we need where we need to go because. Um, there's many things that we haven't achieved yet that needs to be done. As you see, um, in 1964, we got the um, the voting, uh, the civil rights bill, and then the voting rights in 1965. But uh, as we see today, 
that we, we are fighting to 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 um survive and and getting it they're trying to take it away take away everything back that's been gained back then you know and and, and it adds up to not only that is that um labor rights civil rights free um, freedom rights and all the different things that still on the chopping board that these um um Republican leaders in different states, education rights, and all this thing that they're trying to take away, women's rights to um, um, reproduction rights and all these things. So this this conference is kind of motivating the APRI um, chapter from around the nation to go to action. And uh, we have to fight to make sure uh, in 2024 that we get people in, in, in line that's going to really support what we need, where we need to go. Well, Gabriel, uh, how many chapters are uh, Philip Randolph Institute chapters do we have now? Um, is I, I believe we're close to 150 chapters nationwide. Oh, that's great. Okay, so also, uh, uh, you know, we have you on the on the list as a, uh, one of the supporters because of the fact uh, A. Philip Randolph was one of the key organizers. Him and Baird Rustin and Roy Wilkins, Whitney Young, and uh, a lot of the clergy, and where Dr. King gave that, and that's why. I, the pastors committee came up with uh, the theme for the 60th anniversary for Seattle and King County. And that is dream unfinished colon continuation, not a commemoration. And I think that's very appropriate. I think so. I, I glad they, they put it in that perspective um, because that's, that's the way I look at it as well. And, that, and, and like, that's why I say, that's why I started by saying that it was the beginning and, and, and we have to get to the finish line and, and, and it's all put on us. I believe um, there will be a march um, and uh, and and uh, in celebration, I should say, march in celebration in, in um, DC coming up for the uh, march on Washington. Yeah, that's on that's on the twenty sixth. That's on Saturday yes. the twenty sixth. We'll have uh, the, the march in Seattle. Uh, the matter first, uh, first of all, Friday the twenty fourth at seven p.m. at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church. The pastors are having an event out there, encouraging people to show up there. And then on uh, Saturday is the youth forum that Tana Yasu and uh, others are working on. And then Sunday will be the march from uh, the park in front of them uh, down to the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Civil Rights Park, where there'll be a rally. And I'm trying to convince people that we need to have, the, rather than a keynote, but have a number of speakers from a number of interests that Dr. King impacted and try to be have, have representation across the board. Uh, so... Uh, Anyway, Gable, man, I want to I want to uh, uh, thank you for the work you're doing, and uh, I want to have a more extensive interview with you to, to go and do some historical stuff on A. Philip Randolph as well. Yes, yes. So, we'll, um, before you, I get off, I just want to make sure that I make this point clear that labor needs to be involved. You know, you know, back in the days when they, they used to use the term "when Negro win, labor win." You know, that's what they used to call us back then. When Negro win, labor win. So labor need to understand that this fight is for civil rights is also the same fight for labor rights. So they need to be up front and center in this with us to, to, for us to defeat the forces that have been trying to take away. Because if they take away civil rights, they are going to take away labor rights. Yes, but uh, Kevin Allen is, and Claude Burfecht are both working with labor. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a good turnout there as well. So I've seen some interest from the Washington Federation of State Employees, as well as some others. So, so Gabriel, thank you very much, and we'll talk when you get back. Uh, we'll okay. definitely want to make sure you're on the next call 
They're uh, Tuesdays at 11 o'clock, and uh, I will send you all the information you need. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, thank you, um, Eddie, for having me on. Okay. All right, Reverend Carl, hold on. We got to take a quick break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. I want to thank uh, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, the Brothers Own the African Lounge, the Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A, and they were both uh, veterans, officers in the Iraq War. Hopefully, they don't have to go back. Uh, my next guest is Tana Yasu. Uh, who is organizing the youth event for Saturday, Hayward Evans. And I'm also, I'm going to invite uh, Reverend Carl to come in and comment on what the pastors are doing as well, in addition to your other segments, sir. So anyway, Tana, why don't you go ahead and get started? Uh, Hayward was going to be on the first part because he was a co-convener of the McKinney Coalition when we fought to get the building. But anyway, uh, go All ahead right. right here, Tana. Great. So um, for the 60-year anniversary of the historic March on Washington doc, with Dr. King's historic march. Uh, we are planning a awesome event for the young folks. We are planning, a, we're calling it a Youth Opportunity and Resource Fair. We're aiming it toward young folks between the ages of 12 and 25. Um, and when we say opportunities, I mean, we have so many great um, people coming in, Claude Perfect and um, Kevin Allen are bringing in unions to help young people get in touch with some of these great careers that can have them being paid immediately uh, livable wages, 50000 a year and up um, coming in. So um, I'm, I'm just so excited about that. But uh, we just we're, this is a we are coming together with young people to give them support because of a direct result of what's happening with the Seattle. Um, Supreme Court of the United States and what has happened with the civil rights um, issues, um, or I should say affirmative action issues at colleges. So so we have so many things to tackle at once, and we really want to 
give a great show of support to the young people. We're inviting people to come to NAM, which is the Northwest African American Museum on Saturday, August 26th. Um, from 10 to 5, the address there, if you don't know it, is 2300 Massachusetts in the central area. And um, we're starting off at 10. Um, we're going to feed you. It's free. I should say that, too. This is a community event, and it's free. Um, we're going to have workshops. We have um, one of our speakers that we're really excited about that we just confirmed yesterday, Chardonnay Beaver, because we're talking about legacies here. So um, we're, we're going to have Chardonnay Beaver coming um, as a young person that has been through the four-year college and speaking to the young people about don't be intimidated that you can't check these boxes. We, we can write. We're awesome. We can do this. She's going to be very inspiring. Um, we also have... Um, Let's see. Uh, we're going to have for the younger folks, if they're not going to be part of the, the the older situations with the apprenticeships and jobs and school, they're still a little young. But we still want them to come because we want them to start getting this mindset of what's going to happen for you, because what we're doing here, we're trying to bridge all these gaps. Not, I shouldn't say try. We are going to bridge all these gaps from the generations to the wealth gaps, to the um, health and wellness um, all these gaps that for the past 60 years have pretty much remained uh, unfilled. So we are we have a whole lot of work ahead of us. And I'm just really glad to be a part of the situation. So like I say, 10 to 5 um, from discussions to workshops to one on one help for young folks to get involved with um, these schools, these um, apprenticeship programs and, and more. Is there any specific questions I can answer? No, no, we'll have you uh, on to talk about to give updates periodically because this is a very important part of the program. Uh, it's growing it every day. That, uh, back in the day uh, when Bull Connor was arresting people, the black parents couldn't go to jail. They'd lose their job. So it was the college students that led the sit-ins at, at the segregated lunch counters, high school, middle school. Bull Connor said, well, the jails are full. Take them chillings out to the fairgrounds. So that's what we dealt with. So Hayward can give us a more uh, comprehensive overview, Hayward, of the other activities. Then we're going to go to Reverend Carl, because I'm sure he came up with the theme of dreams unfinished, colon, continuation, not commemoration. That sounds like Reverend Carl Livingston to me. But go ahead, Hayward. Yeah, well, let me start with the amen, because that was Carl, uh, Reverend Livingston, who did come up with that. So I think that's absolutely beautiful. And that is a theme, and that is our focus this time. Come on. It's unfinished. We can't commemorate. We better continue the struggle. I mean, that's where we're at now. But the beauty is the people that have come on board in terms of the events, the event Friday with the, with the ministers and the churches and the community coming out for that. I'm going to let uh, Reverend Livingston, Reverend Dr. Livingston speak to that more. But then on Saturday, where we got uh, uh, Tana, I mean, look at everything that she's done for us in the community. I am so proud of you. Thank you. Don't make me cry. <laughs> Sunday, we're going to have a marching rally again. This is in in response to what happened in 1963 or, eight, or 1963. We need to bring people out. We need to show the world that we're still here. We're in Martin Luther King Jr. County. Come on. Nationally, we should be recognized. We have a marching rally down from uh, NAM, the Northwest African American Museum, down to the uh, Martin Luther King Civil Rights, Civil Rights Memorial. Hey, what is freezing up on us? 
So, uh, Reverend Carl Hayward, let Reverend Carl come in for a minute. You're freezing up, but uh, Reverend Carl, uh, why don't you uh, share with us a little bit? Because the pastors, the clergy was in, in the forefront of our struggle. They were in the forefront of advocating and fighting for our rights. And when we didn't have uh, Zoom and Internet and, and Facebook, uh, the meetings were held at the churches. That's where people had the meetings. And that's why they also blew up a meeting place in Birmingham. That's what they call Birmingham, Birmingham. But Reverend Carl, go right ahead, sir. Yeah, we definitely want to get big, uh, big ups and big credit to uh, the the black church and all that the black church has done. But before I really get started here, I got to give a big shout out to Eddie Rye and your leadership, uh, to uh, your community activism, as well as Hayward Evans and others like you. And then uh, uh, Tana Yasu and how she's leading the young people on uh, ma mainly on Saturday, but all four days. And so we got four powerful days that are going to be kicked off with uh, the uh, minister's uh, uh, service uh, challenging us and bullhorning the importance of our coming together and, and uh, finishing the dream. The theme, dream unfinished, a continuation, not a commemoration, mainly came from... Uh, uh, our uh, uh, Reverend, Reverend Dr. Steve Baber and uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Linda Smith. And uh, I added a little bit, but um, it connects to what is happening nationally under Al Sharpton and others. And some of you here, I know, are connected to what's going on nationally as well in D.C. But it also makes really, really clear that um, we are not disconnected from our important and major past. We stand on the shoulders of people that brought extraordinary change. In 1963, uh, when that march happened within five years, we got the 1964 Voting Rights Act, the 19, I'm sorry, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, 1965 Voting Rights Act, 1968 Civil Rights Act, and so much change that happened across this country, marching, protesting, standing up for justice does matter. And so we're asking the community to come meet us at 7 p.m. up at Martin Luther King Memorial up in Renton, up in the Highlands, and uh, come and support us at that time. You're gonna hear about eight powerful speakers. We even trying to bring in a couple of national speakers to give short, powerful addresses on the importance of this time. I'm gonna say some things about affirmative action. Others are gonna speak about reparations. We're gonna have people talking about justice and hitting it from different uh, points of view. And I think it's gonna be inspiring. It's going to be informative and it's going to be engaging. It's time for us to stand up and it's time for us to show up and it's time for us to, to tell you the truth, to positively act up. Are you talking about some good trouble? I'm talking about good trouble. <laughs> All right, now, good trouble works. Uh, I want to also, uh, Reverend Carl, also give uh, Reverend Dr. Linda Smith uh, uh, a great deal of credit. She's been on the program before. And I know she sent out the alert to all the pastors on that Monday before our Tuesday meeting. And uh, when we saw the theme you guys came up with, I said, that's fitting for everything. Everything can be under that. The march and rally, the youth event, uh, uh, every, every, the uh, the uh, forum that's going to be held on uh, 
that Hayward's working on for a Monday afternoon, along with uh, Roger uh, Evans and Clyde Merriweather uh, working on that. So there's we got a, a couple of weeks to really put some things together. And that sounds like the ministers and the youth are far ahead of the pack and doing doing things. So uh, Hayward and I have been to this party before. So uh, we, we know what it takes. And uh, we also want to make sure that uh, we have something in our community papers and also uh, on KRIZ. As a matter of fact, uh, we want to like to have the voice of Reverend Dr. Linda Smith and someone else actually do the commercial. So uh, we might have a young person like uh, Tana Yasu do it with her. So uh, that might be something that I can discuss with both of them. Uh, but I think we need to do that for at least a week or so before the actual event and maybe two weeks before. Uh, today is the 10th. We're talking about stuff start, starting two weeks from tomorrow. Uh-huh. The, uh, the uh, uh, pastor's event uh, at uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church in Renton off of 10th Street. So, uh, and uh, it's very fitting to have that there. And like I was sharing with Reverend Al and a few other people, that it's an imperative and incumbent on us to do something. We're in Martin Luther King Jr. County. The only municipality in the country named for Dr. King is right here. As uh, one uh, a, a guy, he wasn't exactly one of our friends, he said, how could they do that? There's only a handful of Negroes in that county anyway. And he wasn't a brother saying that. <laughs> but anyway, he didn't like the idea. But, you know, when the name was first changed, when the, after Governor Gregoire signed the legislation at the, at the Martin Luther King Jr. County Courthouse, it took us 13 months to get the logo because of some of the people saying, why are we using the, lo- the uh, picture of the county courthouse as the logo? And I said, the county courthouse don't like Martin Luther King Jr. So anyway, it took us uh, 13 months to get that done. It did get done. And uh, I can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Okay. Because <laughs> we needed him in the mix. We're doing the wrong thing. Reverend Carl, you had a comment? Hey, Eddie, can I just mention that uh, uh, often in the civil rights movement, we mention the Frederick Douglasses, the uh, Martin Luther Kings, and we we mentioned even the Malcolm X's, but there were so many powerful women like Rem Dr. Linda Smith, like Hana Yasu that have stood up. I mean, from Sojourner Truth to uh, Ida B. Wells, my goodness gracious, yeah. Harriet Tubman, uh, Ella Hughes that helped us understand that we can all be leaders uh and uh Ida B. Wells. Hamer. Yeah, Ida mm-hmm. B. Wells, and we got them up here mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. Seattle. So and we're gonna reflect that as well on Friday and throughout our powerful four days. Yes. We stand uh, men and women united. All um, right. Hey, whatever you got a comment. Yeah, I'd like to see how Tana need to get with you and make sure that you're there for the commercial. Oh they keep yeah. at the radio station. Is that we'll do this there? after the live program. <laughs> I got you. Can I just throw in oh, there right um, ahead, right ahead. the Eventbrite um, for folks to really seriously, I need you all to, to get your young people together, get them, go to Eventbrite. And if you just look, type in 60th anniversary of MLK's March on Washington Youth Opportunity Fair. You probably once you put in 60th anniversary, our event will more than likely pop up. It is free. We would love we need you to really we would love for you to RSVP ahead of time so that we can have a head count for the food and everything. So um, it is free, but please RSVP register, go to Eventbrite and more info will be coming down the pipeline, but I just need to throw that out there. Thank you. 
Okay, so we have time. We like I said, we got two weeks, but we want things to be circulating in the community like right away. But the last couple of weeks they've been circulating. And if the pastors, uh, Reverend Carl, I know that uh, you will have them motivated to put include some of the stuff in their sermons the next couple of weeks and encourage their congregations to come out. Uh, they, they might be showing up for themselves. You just never know how opportunities come around. If you stand up, you might get what you need. So the most important thing is for us to be visible and uh, let people know that we're serious about what we need to do. Um, go ahead, Reverend Carl. Well, I want to say that, uh, Eddie, you're so right. And um, uh, just as, and, and you have a lot of pastors that follow you too on um, this program. And so I want to encourage all pastors, all, all Sunday school teachers, everybody that in any way is influencing groups of our people. Yes, speak on this and preach on this for the next couple of Sundays. And, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago, if you're ever going to help the people through something, you got to love them through it. You got to pray them through it, but you also got to preach them through it. And we need to love them through. Um, we need to pray them through and preach them through the importance of our standing up right now. I think if we stand up in a powerful and united way, we can have a set of some major actions that reverse things and that helped rebuild our community just as happened back in the 60s. If it happened then, it can happen again. And you're so right, sir, you're absolutely right. So anyway, I wanna take the opportunity to thank Reverend, uh, Reverend Attorney Carl Livingston, uh, Hayward Evans, uh, and uh, uh, Tana Yasu, I wanna thank Nate Miles for being on earlier along with uh, uh, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos with the Good News uh, Legislator and also president of the CPCDA, uh, uh, Gerald Bradford. Uh, we had uh, the new CEO of the McKinney Center on last week, uh, Shadi Moore, uh, another young person that's been doing that kind of thing. She also went down to Olympia with us, Hayward, and a lot of other folks, including all the right. pastors, the lobby for that McKinney right. Center to have that building return to our community, and it was successful. So thank you all very much. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Chikunde Salisbury, who's going to be talking about Black Homeowners Meetup, which is going to be going on to, at the, the Esquire Club Sunday from 4 to 5.30. They'll feature uh, King County Assessor John Wilson. So anyway, we're going to have this break, and we're going to come back with Chikundi. Thank you all. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. 
Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. Right, Eddie Rye Jr. back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, Mr. Chikunde Salisbury. And uh, he is organizing the Black Homeowners Meetup that will be held on Sunday from 4 to 5.30. It will feature King County Assessor John Wilson. If you got any questions about taxes and home ownership and stuff, the King County Assessor and Chikunde Salisbury is the person you need to hear and listen to. So Chikunde, why don't you go ahead and Give a minute about who you are. We know you ran for office, and uh, some people still have their eye on you uh, to still sit <laughs> into a, an elective office. So go right ahead and then share a little bit about yourself. Yes, sir. Hey, you know what? I want to thank you for allowing me to come on the program today and join you, uh, Eddie. Um, yeah, many of your listeners may know me uh, in many capacities. Uh, of course, uh, I was a candidate in the 2020 uh, general election for the 37th district state representative. Uh, among other things, I serve on a lot of community boards and I'm a, a, a beloved DJ, if you will. And I've also done a lot of work in my capacity at the uh, city of Seattle Parks Department for the last 27 years. So, um, but yeah, but, and, uh, I also have a nonprofit called Services of Lifestyle that I founded, uh, in 2016. And we've been doing a lot of work in the community over the years. Some folks have heard about Herb Vote, which was that Urban Vote project. Uh, we continue to do that work to engage our community around uh, getting folks out to vote uh, and knowing that local elections matter. Uh, we also have a program called 100 Black Parents, where we do a lot of work up at Garfield Community, uh, Garfield High School. Uh, and we brought back the, uh, you know, bubbling brown sugar with, with, at Garfield. So just lots of different capacities here in the community. But here today, I uh, want to talk to you and your listeners about the uh, Black Legacy Homeowner Initiative uh, and network that we have uh, started out of service as a lifestyle. Go right ahead, sir. Oh, okay. Well, excellent. So so the uh, the Black Legacy Homeowners uh, we define a Black legacy homeowner as a person that's owned their home uh, for uh, 20 years or more, or the home has been in a family for 20 years or more. We've uh, we've had a lot of uh, people transfer property. And while gentrification has most certainly hit our city and our neighborhoods uh, heavy, uh, contrary to popular belief, it is a lot of African-Americans that still own their homes in Seattle. And the Black Legacy Homeowner Initiative and Network is an effort that we created to help us keep our homes. And so uh, Sunday, we have a just one of our uh, events and activities that we have going on. We're going to host the um, King County Assessor, John Wilson, who will be coming out to the Royal Esquire Club. And he'll be talking about uh, the senior tax exemption and ways that you can uh, uh, keep your home. There's also a lot of folks that have questions about uh, the new interpretation of, the, uh, the, of their taxes. We all get that white card in the mail if you're a homeowner that talks about uh, the, your, the value of your property and the, and the improvements on it. So there's lots of questions around that and just valuations across 
uh, Seattle and King County. So super excited to have him come out. Uh, this is an opportunity not only to ask questions of the King County Assessor, uh, because we know that uh, African-Americans uh, are heavily impacted as property taxes go up. Uh, and we want to hear from the assessor about uh, his plans and, and, and how he's specifically going to uh, uh, assist our community in knowing how we can, uh, in the information and resources on how we can uh, keep our homes. Uh, so that's going to be a great event. We'd like people to register at blacklegacyhomeowners.org. Um, and you can go up to the website. There's also lots of information there about our entire movement. And, you know, the movement is really critical because on the on the one hand, we most certainly are, are charged with getting information out to people about uh, improvements to their property, uh, tax exemptions, uh, utility discount programs, and a whole bevy of programs that the city of Seattle and other community-based organizations offer, uh, which is important because many of us are uh, under duress in our homes and and uh and and need that help however uh on the other hand we have a lot of a lot to learn at the other end of the spectrum where we have many african americans that are doing just fine in fact they've got multiple properties uh pay all their bills are paid on time uh and but but there's things that we can learn around trusts uh wills how can we transfer our property one of the things i found out in this project eddie is that you know, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, most of our homes in the African-American community uh, are lost through us not being having the tools in place to transfer that wealth. Right. So oftentimes, um, you know, uh, Big Mama passes away and there's no will and, uh, you know, it goes to probate and the probate eats it up and we are forced to sell. Right. Or there's uh, times where, you know, perhaps folks did have a will and the, and the home goes to, you know, the heirs. However, the heirs are not in a position to accept it. Right. Um, where, you know, perhaps we and then there's times where we thought that the home was paid off, but we haven't talked to the uh, to to Big Mama or Papa and come to find out they had a, you know, a reverse mortgage. Right. And the young people are not able to the heirs are not able to pay that mortgage off. And they end up having to sell the property. So, so no matter what end of the spectrum on whether folks are needing immediate assistance in their homes or they're looking for this higher level assistance in terms of uh, making improvements to their property so they can stay, uh, or at least having the right uh, instruments in place to be able to protect their generational wealth. That's what the Black Legacy Homeowner Network is all about, and we're going to continue Andy, I to have appreciate you. We're out of time, but people can get more directly from this man on Sunday, 4 to 530 at the Royal Esquire Club. If you have any issues, any questions, the King County Assessor, in addition to Shikundi Salisbury, will be there. So thank you very much, brother, for all that information. And we got to keep you regular because you have a lot of information and we really do appreciate your contribution. So thank you, sir. We appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having me. Bye okay, now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to let folks know that I want to thank uh, the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, uh, two brothers from Las Vegas, were first lieutenants in the Iraq War. They're veterans, and they own uh, the Mountain Room Bar and the Africa Lounge, both on the A Concourse at SeaTac, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Office of Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, uh, the City Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Department, 
for the city of Seattle. And uh, once again, uh, don't if you have any questions about deeds, home ownership, uh, uh, you know, you need to be down uh, at the meeting at the Royal Esquire Club Sunday at one at four to five thirty to hear the King County Assessor Shikande. And thank you, Eric. And that will do it today for Urban Forum Northwest. It will be available in a couple hours on Alexa and my podcast. <laughs>